All right. Welcome to the Fight for Together podcast. We have a very special treat for you. Very special guest. All the way from upstairs. Welcome, Dove. Now that, okay, so this is when you talk. It's because, really good to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> because it's like an audio program. It's a podcast. So they're not if they're just driving in their car and they're like, welcome, Dove, and then you hear blank silence, then they don't like get the thing. So let's try that again. Okay. Welcome, Dove. Thank you. <laughs> what do I say? Well, you're like, hey, guys, good to be here. Or, That's how I said the first time. Hey. And then we can add sound effects like that to make it better. Um, all right, off to a rough start, but hey, this is a um, quick introduction here. Actually, let's let's play the music. You want to learn how to play the music? You hold the the A button down until it's done. I'll tell you. What. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. It wasn't quite done, but uh, I didn't want to start over again. Close enough. Um, all right, guys. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Um, a, a format change to just let you guys know if you guys are watching our channel and you're wondering what is this podcast thing? Why is it here? We actually recorded 50 episodes of our podcast and we put it on a separate YouTube channel called Fight for Together Podcast or something like that. And it turns out there was just like too many YouTube channels to keep track of. So we haven't abandoned this podcast. We haven't taken a break because we've been working on our other channel, the Everyone Belongs podcast. And I think we have up to like 13 or 14 episodes over there that we've been recording for the last few months. But this podcast is alive and well. And as of now, all the episodes are going to be on this channel. So you only have to subscribe to this one channel. If you want the first 50, you got to go back over there. Um, and if you want to listen to this on like podcasting stations like this is on itunes it's on google it's on all the most of the standard places you get your podcasts you can listen to this if you just want the audio so dove's here and um she's here because we had oh there was a conversation that we're just going to tell the story here um sorry let me take a sip of my tea most of you guys that watched our vlog channel are aware that one of the challenges we did for 2019 was no rules. And that ended about a month ago. And uh, there was all these lessons that came about it. It was hard, it was fun, it was challenging, it was a lot of growth happened, at least for Cammy and I as the parents. But this last Sunday, we have like a typical family teaching time, we call it, where usually we'll watch something together and then we'll discuss it. And this Sunday, what we watched is this DVD. It's called Unconditional Parenting and it's a talk by this author, or I don't know what he is. I mean, he's an author, but he's also like a professor, I believe. Um, and his name is Alfie Cohn. And the subtitle is Moving from Rewards and Punishments to Love and Reason. And this author was fairly influential 
for us. He was one of the few voices I could find um, when we were looking for inspiration to start this no rules thing. And he wasn't the person that started it for us, but um, I mean, I'll just read the back. Like it says, traditional discipline doesn't work. So what does? Most advice for parents begins with a question, how can we get our kids to do what they're told? And then proceeds to offer various techniques for controlling them. So he talks like from an academic and a scientific perspective why traditional methods of rewards and consequences, which usually revolve around rules, don't really work. So we watched this DVD with our kids. Um, it's two hours, so I think we only watched the first third of it. And then we had a discussion. And the discussion I thought was really fascinating um, because we heard from the kids' perspective a lot of what they thought and a lot of what came out was also their opinions of like other people's parenting methods, like their peers that they see. Um, and Dove was very vocal about that in this meeting. And I guess I was supposed to talk to you about this before we started recording, but we're not going to like use anyone's name, obviously, because this isn't about other people. This is really about what we're learning. <laughs> um, and we want to remain friends with people. Um, but the observations that the kids made are really fascinating. But before we get there, I want to start off with one of the dynamics that, like, I wish I had this planned out but it's not going to go that way. Um, I know you're cool with that. Um, by the way, how are you feeling? You want to you say anything? Let the audience know you're still there. Um, I'm feeling fine. Okay, you're going to have to talk a little loud and like, get your face in the I'm microphone. I'm feeling fine. Um, I know your mom makes this look easy, but... It's kind of scary because it's like not going to be edited. Yeah. So that's about it. But... Um. So one of the things that came up was we were talking with our kids about this last year of no rules. And specifically, I think the most friction or difficulty for our kids kind of came with how we parented Rainier, our three-year-old. Do you want to share your feelings about that throughout the year? Um. I, it was tough sometimes watching how they parenting, parented him because it was just so different from what I think was installed in me at a very young age and what I saw like worked, like it worked for all of us. Um, like it made us really well behaved. It made us like listen and like just not be spoiled brats I guess in a way um and yeah how they were parenting him was just very different and on the outside it looked like they were raising like a tyrant almost or like Dudley from Harry Potter so can you paint a picture of like a scene of what that might look like on a on a standard evening? Um, during dinner, sometimes he'll want to sit next to a certain person or he'll want a certain plate or a certain fork or anything. And 
he'll he might start off nicely asking for it or just like shove his way in and no one will like that and so he'll start screaming or what happens with me is he'll like he'll want some more food or something and he'll ask me for it or he won't ask he'll like yell for it or he'll yell for it just in general and then my mom will be like dove can you give him what he was yelling for and I won't want to give it to him unless he asks me because I don't want to be talked to like that but she doesn't mind it or she'd rather just like give it to him and so I don't know if that's what you're talking about but I just like I don't know he kind of in a way he runs the house there's just two sides to it I know there's two sides to it I know there's like I don't know it's part of it is my problem um but it's just very different from how I was raised so it's just like okay something to get used to a little bit by the way I think I forgot that I'm a terrible host in podcast land and I neglected to properly introduce you. For those of you that don't know, Dove is our 18-year-old daughter. I mean, I guess for most people that listen to the vlog, they're, they know. Mm-hmm. But in podcast land, you can't really see. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to come back to a few of the examples you just used. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it feels like he runs the house. Can, can you explain Um, well, when I was younger, I remember, like, if we just started crying or just, like, if we didn't get our way, it, that was our problem. That was, like, we... Don't say anything that will get us sent to jail. Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or, like, just, it was, yeah. (laughs) Uh, like, it was just, like, don't, like... I mean, you you actually can kind of say whatever. Yeah. I was kind of kidding. But also, it'd be nice not to go to jail, too. Yeah, But then again, you know. I don't know. It could be your way. You could get either. (laughs) Oops. Um, Well, just like if we started throwing a temper tantrum or crying or whatever, it would like, yeah, it would be our problem. And we would like either be told to be quiet or like we'd get a timeout. Um, Or spankings. Yeah. We weren't afraid of that. Yeah. and if we didn't want or if something was happening that we didn't want or if we wanted something we didn't get it like we just you listen and like you don't like throw a temper tantrum and then like as we all got older there was a lot of like other kids making sure that happened too um like getting into line and stuff like that um what do you mean like it wouldn't just be come from the parents like we would like if we were in like parties or like dinners like and like one of the younger kids would say something like I don't know like there would be times where we'd be at the dinner and they wouldn't like what what they were having and like we would like be like shut up like like just like don't be like that like you would like basically parent each other yeah kind of okay um like I remember times we'd tell seven like shouldn't have said that and like stuff like that memory like don't ask for new food when they made this and like all that stuff man memory would be the one to ask too huh? yeah <laughs> all right. and then yeah flea was really always good so <laughs> but yeah rainier i don't know because i understand like yeah so i guess you'll get to like the why behind why you changed the way you parent 
Well, before we get there, I think it's important to talk about how difficult it was. Yeah. Because, go for it. It's difficult because a lot of what I remember them teaching us when we were younger and, like, they would, like, kind of just talk about is, like, the kid, when the kid runs the house, kind of, they're not that happy, and that doesn't make them happy, and they don't really know exactly what they want. I mean, they do in a way, but also they don't um, because they're, like, tiny. Which implied, just to interrupt, that the parent knows what the kid wants better than the kid or that the parent's will or intellect is more important, at least in the moment, than the kids. All right, keep on going. Yeah. So, and, like, I know there's, like, different views, and I agree with some of each of those things but yeah anyways when we were younger it was just like it was taught that was taught and then like if the kid was just like screaming his head off his head off whatever it just that just wasn't okay um and and yeah just a lot more So using that example, you said um, of Rainier wants to sit next to someone. Let's go back to your childhood. If you wanted to get up right before the meal started and change your entire seating arrangement, how would that have been dealt with from your perspective? Like, no. (laughs) Like, sit back down. I don't know. There's kind of this more appeal to order and the larger group. So, and we probably would have done that with Rainier actually before the no rules, mm-hmm. before 2019. Then 2019 hits. I mean, and it's literally January 1st mm-hmm. when we stopped all rules. Um, and I think people sometimes get confused. In fact, I, I had a conversation with you because. Yeah, what um, that meant. Yeah, what that meant because. You know, one of the things you said in our debrief video was, well, there were still financial fines or money was exchanged. And I said, well, yeah, no rules didn't mean no relational consequences or no boundaries in my life. You can walk into my room and piss all over my bed and throw my stuff out the window um, and not expect retaliation. Mm -hmm. Um, So we actually, it gets a little confusing because everyone has ways of enforcing their personal space around them. Uh Um, But where we used to hold this kind of, there was like personal space boundaries and then there was this other category. Parental. Yeah. And I think about even like, I mean, I think about the rule. It's kind of not said, but don't get up from the table and move your seat. That's Mm -hmm. like, there's kind of a rule there. It's not, it's not really done out of any safety thing in the moment and it's not really done. I mean, it is out of the child's best interest. Like maybe in the long run you could argue, but it's kind of so far removed. It's just like this general rule of like respect me and kids should listen and obey. And those were the types of rules we like threw out when they couldn't be tied to direct safety or a direct crossing of a personal boundary of mine. They were just general, like... We got rid of all those. Mm -hmm. So then, to paint a picture for Rainier, who's three, now he's he's almost four, um, 
so yeah, like Dev would say, he would announce, I want the green plate. And not that everyone would like be his bitch and go get the green plate, although your mom probably <laughs> would uh, accommodate more than the rest of us. Um, but we didn't say to him, no, shut up, sit, sit down. You got to get in the microphone there. That's the rule. Um, you like, like this, pretend like it's, well, I don't want to say his name, but, um, uh, <laughs> sorry, dad joke. <laughs> oh, you're laughing though. Um, <laughs> hey, there is no rules in 2019, right? Yeah. It's just, just that went to all age groups. You're turning red. Um, okay. Let's bring it back on track. Um, so 2019, we have none of that stuff with, uh-huh. with, sorry. <laughs> I need to just get it out, you know? Yeah. Oh man. He talked for a second. I'm going to have a drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really don't like mama's relationship with Rainier. Personally, I feel like she's like, sees herself as just like powerless against whatever his, she feels like needs are or whatever and when she it's like it's barely bearable when it's like happening to her and I'm like oh my gosh like she gets stressed out and like just like does whatever he wants when he's just like whining but when she's like like when he just whines like I want more bread or something and then she's like okay Dove can you get more I'm like he can talk to me and like he can like not be like whiny or like I don't know that's that really is kind of a peeve. Yeah, I had issues with that also. And your mom and I have been in a lot of discussions around the fine line of when is it honoring a kid that really can't do much for themselves at all? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't go to the pantry and make themselves a piece of toast like you can. And that's a pretty helpless feeling for a kid versus when is it actually enabling? Mm-hmm. And we have very different natural inclinations about that, me and Cammy. Um, but her sh- and her strength is her weakness and her weakness is her strength yeah um, and I know you know that but but it is it was difficult okay so bringing it back in um, so one of the things I saw happen this year is when we kind of lifted the rules which honestly you guys it turns out are pretty arbitrary like who says kids you can't change seats well we did right Mm -hmm. why because because (laughs) i'm the dad (laughs) exactly because i felt like it one day Mm -hmm. or something you know there's no safety Mm -hmm. at stake uh and it gets to the point where these rules you're almost defending them like just because yeah so and we did that with you guys i mean Back then, just because was enough, because I think we're, we were operating off of like a very authoritative and authoritarian, like respect and honor and obedience were our core chief values. And basically, the nutshell version is um, we got really, really hurt and burned out by an overemphasis on submission, obedience, and not thinking for yourself. 
And if you want to hear about that, we have 12 episodes dedicated to that on our other podcast called Everyone Belongs, talking about how that process cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars, ruined every single one of our relationships, and almost ruined our life. And I actually think we were on our way to ruining our relationship with our kids long term under that model. Yeah. If you guys parented the same way. You got to speak up. If you guys had parented the same way you had when we were younger, I'm pretty sure I would have moved out by now. I think we would have lost you this year. <laughs> um, I think there's a good chance. That's sad. Well, or, I mean, there's another possibility, and this is, I, I don't want to get into this a lot, or I wasn't planning on it, or at I least. Could've... We could have kind of beat you down into submission more for a little bit longer I mean, if you think about it, you wouldn't have gone to Washington. Like, there's just things that would have happened that would have changed things. And then I think we, you face, you kind of, like, bottle it up. And then it just explodes more, like, a year or two or three or four down the line. Yeah. But regardless. Um, so besides Rainier just being able to choose his seat before a meal one of the things that started to change in us was we started to see our kids preferences as just as valuable as our own and that's a weird thing to say because i know a lot of parents they go straight to danger like well kids don't know they're going to run into the street and you're like okay well that's a bad example Mm -hmm. but let's talk about the other 99.9 percent of things if they want the green plate or the blue plate why was i as a parent sometimes just out of principle giving them the blue one almost to teach them that I'm in charge. Yeah. Now I was like, well, I'll give you the blue one. And yeah, you can sit where you want. And you know what? Yeah, you can stand and you can even use your fingers. Like, I mean, I guess there gets into, like I said, some of the cause and effect stuff. If, if the parent's the one cleaning up, then I think to a certain degree we get to say, okay, well you have to use your silverware or something like that. Um, but that's less of a rule and more of like a personal boundary. Like I'm not going to clean up if you make a giant mess. Yeah, like the difference between, like you said, just making rules because you can or to just prove that you're in charge versus like, like a, like yeah, when it becomes like an actual boundary thing. But one of the things, one of the huge pros, and it, it took us 22 minutes to get to this point, but one of the massive pros that came out of this is that I feel like for your mom and I, and I'll just speak for myself, I came to respect Rainier as a person and his preferences. And actually, you know what? I'm going to say with all you kids, including you, there were some decisions you made this year that I did not like. And in previous years of parenting, my preferences would have turned into rules that then would have put you as either someone who followed the rules and didn't like it or hated it and possibly ended up hating me or you break the rules and then you become the bad guy (laughs) just because really at the end of the day it's like my preference Mm -hmm. and some of the things have to do with safety and and, but a lot don't Mm -hmm. but my viewpoint of you which the 18 year old is our oldest and our three-year-old was that this year it was an exercise for me to say you know 
your preference to choose, or Rainier's preference to choose the green plate instead of the red plate, or sit next to this person, is just as important as any of my preferences. I mean, I think as adults, it's easy to feel like ours are more valuable because we're bigger. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my decision is worth a thousand dollars, or I'm choosing between Florida and Seattle. That's an important decision. Yeah. And a green plate and a blue plate is an unimportant decision. And we put all these kind of like binary labels on things. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think. Like when it comes to free will and agency, that mm-hmm. just because we're bigger, ours is more special. So I felt like I personally, as a dad, made huge strides with Rainier. And sometimes I'll be very honest, not that this requires a ton of honesty, but it pissed me off too. I mean, I'm watching him and he's like, you know, he's just like a little shit, like. He's like the brat. Kids are making fun of him. I mean, like, we're all like, this is annoying as hell. Mm -hmm. Like, no one can deny that fact. But the other option is to shut it down by, or attempting to shut it down by enforcing your will. And essentially, and this is what Alfie Cohn said in that DVD, if you remember. Mm -hmm. He said, "When, when kids enforce their will on other kids, we call it bullying. Yeah. And when parents do it, we call it discipline. Discipline. But it's the same exact thing. And then we wonder why kids get older Bully. and are strict using violence and force to get things done. Mm-hmm. It's because that's what they're trained to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I came from a place where a kid being a spoiled brat was the worst thing that could happen. And... Our solution to that was obedience, discipline, the opposite of spoiling, whatever that is. So that's how we parented. Really, I would say, what? You, Eden, seven for sure. Probably memory. Yeah. At least four. And probably actually Flea for a lot of years, for half her life. Yeah. And now we, like, you know, have some pretty big shifts in our life that kind of changed the end game goal for us. And I didn't realize how much it was going to change our parenting. Mm -hmm. So we started on this challenge kind of as an experiment. And, and here's the other thing. Um, You know, I'm, I'm thinking about writing a book about this. So I don't, I never know like how much to go into this, but this is the podcast where we can just talk about whatever. Yeah. Um, is, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, some people, a lot of people react in the beginning saying, this is not good for kids. Kids need order. Kids need structure. Mm-hmm. But, and actually, since 2020, we started implementing a few rules for Rainier, like o- almost overnight. Because I was like, this sucks. Like unlimited TV mm-hmm. or internet, Netflix doesn't work for me. I hated it. I hated it the entire year. Yeah. And while I don't think no structure is what's good for kids, I actually think it's what was, I think us as parents needed it. Yeah. And in the long run, I think if us as parents change and essentially detox from control, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be better for the kids in the long run. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, in the long run, that would have been better for everyone. Also, like if he just, in a way, if he just grows up, like with his way being like the way or him not thinking that anyone else has a problem. I also think that could be kind of problematic. But I think like as they grow up, as kids grow up, like 
taking off rules like that and letting them think for themselves. Like, it, it combats that. I don't know. See, but here's the thing that, um, you know, this is what made me not worry about no rules with Rainier specifically. There were some things, like, like I said, him being on Netflix, the amount of time he was on Netflix that really kind of I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about him being a spoiled brat, he is in a house with five other kids mm-hmm. who make it their full-time job to make sure that he doesn't step over their boundaries. <laughs> right? Mm, yeah. I mean, none of our kids take any. Are, take any shit from anyone. Yeah. None of you guys are pushovers. Right? No. I mean, maybe Flea the most. Yeah. But even... <laughs> The kid that's run three marathons and hiked the AT. So I think she has... Really just mama. Mama Yeah, that's really... (laughs) But but that's one of the things that I I don't think sometimes many people realize about the no rules thing is, you know, when you have community, tight community, meaning just proximity, you have eight people living in one house. You'll keep each other, like, in check. You can't do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I mean, I can't just, like, make a mess and party all night. I mean, you guys tried it a few times where you're like, hey, like, let's stay up till 3 a.m. pounding on that floor above our room. And we gave you crap for the next day because I'm like, that pisses me off and I can't get sleep and that's not respectful. And it wasn't about a rule. It was just that, like, we were communicating that that basically, like, violates, that hurts the relationship. Yeah. And you guys all have that times seven every day. Every every time you do anything in our house, you have to like basically be prepared to hear from any one of seven people if it steps on their toes. Yeah. From playing music to borrowing a computer to leaving your crap out. I don't think I feel that as much. Or I don't think I get that much. Or I get it mostly from you, and that's about it. Like I don't, I, don't, I think I don't really answer. So I don't think I really picked up on that. Yeah, I don't know if you respect <laughs> anyone in the house, but uh, me. <laughs> okay, um, I kind of want to um, change gears here. Oh, actually, no, I'm not done talking about that. Um, I think the biggest, or I was going to say, like, from when we were younger, the biggest differences are, like, sucking thumb like, we weren't allowed to suck our thumb. Like, and it seemed so normal when I was younger. Like, oh, yeah, this is so bad. Like, well, I would feel guilty for sucking my thumb. And now it's like, that's kind of weird. Or, like, when you really think about it. I know other some other parents still do that or still enforce that. And then oh, there was a lot of, like, food rules. Okay, so I want to talk about that because I think that's a great transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had strict rules around sucking thumbs, mostly me, not Cammy, but it, she was on board for some of it. And I don't want to get into the exact details, but th- the most easiest thing to talk about was at a certain age, we like basically outlawed it saying it was bad for your teeth. And, um, but I believe deeper things about it. Like it was, um, a crutch. Yes. Which now I've changed our beliefs in this area. Um, but back then, I mean, and I was, you know, we, when we had you, we were 21. 
I remember it started when I was like six, I think. And it started with like, just like shaming. Mostly, I think, from Hamani. She was just like, oh, don't do that. Because she didn't really like do any discipline. And then one by one. That's my mom, by the way. My, it just, it was like, and then it was Hamani. And then it was you and Mama. And then finally, it was my mom's mom and dad and i remember when they started being like that i was like no they were my only people okay so you said this funny thing you said um so you were raised where you weren't allowed to suck your thumb and that felt normal to you Mm -hmm. okay so this weekend this sunday when we watched this video Mm -hmm. you made this other comment that i wanted to talk about where you said I don't really feel like... Do you remember what you said? I didn't really... Like, I don't really have a problem with how you guys raised me. Yes. And I kind of addressed that. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and I kind of, like... What I meant by that was, like... I don't... Like, I kind of know I was probably damaged, but I don't feel like... I don't know. I like because you you addressed it by saying like, oh, then you that probably means you probably will be doing the same thing, and that's not well. That might be true because like I don't have like a major issue, but I don't like I don't agree with a lot of the stuff. But I don't feel like there is anything that like really really messed me up. Maybe I don't know. I don't think so. But that's kind of what I meant by that. I, like, I don't know. Like, the more I get into it, the more I'm like, oh, that kind of, I don't know. But I, I it's hard to tell, like, what it would have done, what how it would have changed me if I, like, had been able to suck my thumb or if I had been able to eat whatever I want or, like, all this stuff. I think I would have snuck. Or, oh, this, oh, this is a moment. When Rainier snuck sugar the other day, I had like a flashback because you were like, you were like, we can either do this the hard way or the easy way where you can tell me you snuck it or like not. And then like, it's just going to drag on. And I remember so many times like really not wanting to say anything and like never, like I would drag it on and on and on. And like we would, I would sneak a lot of food and then, like, I was so surprised because Rainier was like, I ate the sugar. And, like, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, so in a way, I mean, you would get your ass kicked when you were a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And in a way, what I've noticed is you kind of want him to get his ass kicked. I don't, I don't know. I don't want him to be punished, but I don't want him to, like, scream his head off. And, like, then get his way with, like, with Mama. Like, that is, like, oh, Because then he just does it over and over again. I don't really, like... Well, this... I hear you kids saying all the time, we never would have got away with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe He's... I do kind of a little bit. Like, just, like, just him for not to not get his way every time. I don't want him to, like, get in trouble because that really sucks. And he does not take it well at all. And he just gets more pissed off. But, <laughs> but like... If he just, like, whenever he 
screams about something and then gets his way is when I'm like, I wish someone would tell him no. I don't know if that's good or not. Maybe it's like the context that matters, but yeah. Um, so I want to read a couple passages from this book that I just finished this last week. It's called The, the Drama of a Gifted Child. I'll put all these links in the description below. The subtitle is The Search for True Self. It's by Alice Miller. Um, can you read that on page 21 in the green? And you're going to, I want you to comment on it. So be, you know, when you're reading it, think about what it says. A child can never see through unconscious manipulation. It is like the air he breathes. He knows no other, and it appears to him to be the only breathable air. What happens if we don't recognize the harmful quality of this air, even in adulthood? We will pass this harm on to others while pretending that we were, are acting only for their own good. The more insight I gain into the unconscious manipulation of children by their parents, the more urgent it seems to me that we resolve our repression. What do you, what do you hear when you read that? Like the whole sucking thumb thing. Like it was like, it seemed like it was actually bad to me. Like, like it was normal for me to be, to see that as like a bad thing. And then like, now I don't think it is a bad thing. Like kind of like that. I probably believe that about other things with like discipline and rules and stuff so how do you what do you plan on doing with your kids are you gonna let them suck their thumb yeah yeah i'd let them suck their thumb i think i would like I don't know exactly. I mean, I babysit, so in the, I see that. And, like, one of the biggest things I see is, like, when kids, like... They're different when they're around. Just I know, around. yeah. Uh, like, when Rainier starts screaming or whatever, in, like, the biggest difference I see with, like, me and my mom or whatever, I, like, don't give him what he wants from him screaming, and I don't, like... I just, like... I, I, like, I'm completely, like, stone-faced. I'm just, like, waiting for him to stop almost, just, like, whatever. And, and I see her be, like, either, like, she'll tell him, like, quiet down or something. I just, like, just wait for him to stop, and then he's, like, oh, nothing's happening. I don't know. So I think that, that that's a big difference between at least me and her. I think you were kind of more like that, too. Yeah, and I want to, um, just for the audience out there, in defense of Cammy, I know we're mm -hmm. saying some of the things we don't like about her style. Um, but what I do appreciate... <clears throat> I ask her for everything. Well, she, you know, in order to um, ignore or not cave into a child's whims or what I would consider enable, to a certain degree, I have to, like, shut off my response mechanism and like stop listening and almost like dehumanize the person a little bit yeah i have to be like you're you're dead to me right now <laughs> you know i'm not going to respond no matter what you say yeah and your mom doesn't do that she it's much more difficult for her in a very amazing way she doesn't dehumanize people hardly ever yeah 
which really pisses me off when people come up and ask her for $40 for gas. Oh, yeah. And it's very blatantly not for gas. Yeah. I'm like, don't give them the money. But anyways, she she has a soft side where with you kids, even when you guys are crazy or screaming, she feels sympathy and connection. So that's the positive side. So I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to even I want I don't want there to be a confusion for the audience to say it's to me it's not positive or negative Ron it's it's Ray, mixed yeah. um, and there's pros and cons to every approach and I have I think Dev and I more represent a certain personality type that is very similar that um, Enneagram eights for those that are speaking the lingo um, that we have the ability to do that more and that comes with other weaknesses but um, okay so. Now, the sucking thumb thing is one thing, but, you know, what I heard from you on Sunday was something along the lines of, you know, and we already talked about this, but you said, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't have a problem with how you guys parented me. But I think on some level, um, I think you almost do have to have a problem right. with it in order to not repeat it. Because yeah. you have to kind of say, hey, that not that prohibiting me from sucking my thumb was in some ways oppressive or abusive or damaging and around here like i just want you guys to know out there those aren't bad words for us to acknowledge that as parents we do things that hurt our children sometimes intentionally but but usually unintentionally and oftentimes we do them with the best of intentions but that doesn't make the damage not happen so for me, it's an incredible victory to be able to, as a parent, say, we used to do this thing that was damaging to you, and we want to do less of that, so we're changing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of models of parenting, at least where we come from, where it's like, I don't know. That conversation just doesn't happen, and you just are like, shut up, you little shits. We did the best we could. Mm -hmm. Like, stop complaining. Respect and honor us. And I'm like, what? How does that help anyone? Um, so on some level, I kind of want you to get angry <laughs> and be like, and, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. right. I mean, you're happy the way you are, but the way we are all has certain blind spots. And I also think like seeing like some other parents, I'm like, like, I do get angry at you guys. I don't actually think for like the right things because I just, whatever. Um, but like when I see like other parents, it's it's just it's just I I feel like kind of lucky. <laughs> um, but I do think like if you still parented me like the same way, I would be like really 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 angry. Um, and the same as two thousand eighteen. Not even really that. I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's because I was just like older or. I don't know how old I was, but I feel like the biggest transition was like, because I feel like this has been happening over a long time. I don't think there was like a, like a super solid, like 2019 switch. I think it was like way more gradual. I see it. At yeah. Least. 2019 though was a, it yeah. was a big event, but, um, but I definitely agree. There was, I think what a lot of people don't realize is we had years of change that led up to that. Yeah. I mean, people, I think people... I don't know what the hell people think. Because when we made that YouTube video, people were like, this is a big mistake. And they act like we're a fucking bunch of idiots. <laughs> we have, like, no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, like, the same thing when we gave you guys the house and 45000 bucks. People right. were like, 
oh, this is so Spur dumb. And I'm like, decision. I'm like, we're not fucking stupid. <laughs> like, we've been planning these types of experiments and making all sorts of small you decisions. We started buying houses like seven years ago for kind of this reason in a way. Yeah. For this vision. Slash 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, anyhow. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do think a lot led up to this that had to do because so many of our um, parenting decisions were seated in our spirituality and our religion that as that started to shift. Yeah. Um, and once again, plug for the other uh, YouTube channel. We, we don't like to mix them too much and I don't like to just make this a giant. That's why we've started another channel because a lot of people are, are not curious about the spiritual thing, but I can't emphasize enough how much of our spiritual beliefs from our tradition impacted our parenting. Mm hmm. Um, okay, let's go to um, page 74 of this book. Right here. Um, let's see. Let's just read this. I don't know. Oh. The top. Up there. That section right there. When that happens, the grown son will idealize his mother since every human being needs the feeling and clings to the illusion that he was really loved. But he will despise other women upon whom he can take revenge in place of his mother. And the, and the humiliated grown daughter, if she has no other means of rid, ridding herself of her burden, will revenge herself upon her own children. What? You need me to decipher that? I mean, like, because they can't take it out on their parents, they'll take it out on other... Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so the first line, when that happens, the grown son will idealize his mother. I can't tell you how many people, maybe you've heard this, people say, my parents are so awesome. Yeah. And because it's all kind of painted this one way. And in our history or tradition, you were kind of not allowed to point out negatives mm -hmm. of your parents. Her children will rise and call her blessed. <laughs> wow, are you quoting the Bible? Oh, there's so many captions on um, Instagram for Mother Day captions like that. Um, yeah, and that's all that's talked about. Mm -hmm. Or, and like kind of the complaints of children or society are like kind of dismissed. Mm -hmm. And once again, I, I don't have a problem with honest critique from people that we want to have relationship with. Then you can't like, if you can't acknowledge it, then you won't get over it truly. Yes, and that's what this is saying, is that ironically, a lot of these people say, oh, my parents are so awesome. Yeah. And they idealize it, but then they go on to perpetuate the violence that was done, done to them to essentially the next generation, to their kids. Yeah. And it, it goes hand in hand with the idealization that happened with their parents. Right. Yeah. So if you can't on some level look your parents in the eye or, for, heck, for that matter, look at yourself and just acknowledge to yourself, hey, um, what happened to me was not always cool. Yeah. It didn't always work out good for me. And I do think also there are some other nice things to say, like my parents did the best they could, and I actually believe that about myself. Mm -hmm. I would love it if you guys believed that. Um you know, they still cared about me, and it's not just black or white. Like, no one's just a villain. Mm -hmm. But 
we also that has to be a different topic we also can't sweep things under the rug by just saying well they did the best that they could so so, so no harm is done to me yeah. yeah and i think that's done a lot mm-hmm. um and a lot of times you don't really know how badly you were treated or harmed until you see someone else not being treated that way like rainier yeah <laughs> or you know people from other family systems yeah where you're like oh they're actually really good at hugging i suck at hugging why? Because I was never hugged or something like that. That could be actually a real one. Um, yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other thoughts on that? Nope. Okay. 106 is our last reading. Um, right there in the green. The aim of therapy, however, is not to correct the past, but to enable the patient both to confront his own history and to grieve over it. I think my first instinct with all these things is to forget it and like even to acknowledge that it even got to me is like kind of like I like kind of I didn't want to or I didn't think it did and like that's kind of like back to like I don't know what I would have been like if I had been able to suck my thumb or whatever but I don't like, even to acknowledge that it even hurt me or damaged me is, like, like weird. Or I feel like, like, I want to believe it didn't because I feel like that's weak or, or like, I don't know. I think that's a common victim thing, actually. There's mm-hmm. a psychology there where f- for rape victims or even with the stuff we went through at the church, it was very, very hard to talk about. It was, like, embarrassing to talk about what had happened to us. And gonna make you feel out of control yeah um and there's actually yeah there's a psychology there with abuse victims where i don't fully understand it but they like justify their abuse yeah yeah and they feel like it's their fault by talking about it Mm. um i think it's like for some reason the sucking thumb thing like it's a really it's like such a small thing but for me it's like why did i need to like i didn't need to and it was like it wasn't like to be like feel like that was like actually like something that had to be taken away i don't know see but you did need to yeah so that's what i believe now that's what i mean is like to admit that i needed it or or whatever that i like really like it was a thing that i was like yeah, people. I, I think people try and be strong, and you're like hurt, and you're like, "No, that didn't hurt. I'm fine." Yeah, and it's like, no, like maybe you're not, and and also, I'm the one that hurt you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is hard to admit that those things happen because I like like when because i because i believed it was bad i believed it was a crutch so every time i did it i was like i felt like it was like a weakness yeah anyways um wow that's deep i feel like there there's like um a lot there um but the thing i like about this quote is that you know, I think there's all sorts of people who have all sorts of hang-ups about therapy and how it's a waste of time and money to go back to your childhood and redig this stuff up unnecessarily. But 
if you don't grieve over history, you will repeat it. Um, so, you know, one of the things I love about our family is that I don't think we have weak-minded kids. So for me, one of my concerns perpetually, but especially my younger years, was I was like the strongest personality I knew in our <laughs> friend group. Yeah. You know, when I said something... I had the ability to convince almost anyone of anything is how it felt compared to other people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, as a strong personality as a dad, what's going to prevent me from railroading my kids and their opinions? Well, one of the things that happens on a, on the regular is like the thumb sucking thing. Like Sunday, we're talking about this DVD and you guys are all talking about it in front of us. And I'm glad you guys have each other, like majority, you know, there's six of you, but really there's probably three or four of you that are talking about this and be like, yeah, this happened. And, mm-hmm. and people are kind of laughing about it, but, but they're honest about it and they're able to, you know, cause I mean, geez, imagine it like teenagers standing up to parents, like as a parent, it's just easy for a lot of parents to just like play the control card and to silence the conversation and to kind of like redirect the topics mm-hmm. so that they're more or less like perpetually heroes. Yeah, like even like we were all laughing about it, but you and Mama weren't really laughing about it. You guys were like, Yeah, but I'm glad you guys can. You know, a lot of what has happened with like church abuse and like sexual abuse and, and patterns and things um, is because the victims don't talk about it, they, they remain silent for decades. Mm-hmm. And then they find like one person will come out and then seven other people come out and say that same thing happened to me, uh-huh. but they've been going fucking nuts for a decade uh-huh. because they had no one to validate or talk about with their feelings right. because the, the priest or the school teacher, whoever is the molester in the case is not going to organize the people to get together and be like, Hey, let's talk about this issue. Yeah. Why don't you guys all share the worst thing that happened to you this last year? Yeah. Um, and I just kind of assume that the worst thing that happened to you kids are going to be as a result of our parenting. That's just like my assumption. So we kind of like, we don't invest heavily in college uh, emotionally or financially, but I'm like setting aside money for your therapy to be like, hey, someday <laughs> you're going to realize and I'm just going to get ready to apologize and I'm just going to own that shit and I'm just going to say sorry. And, but but really, one of the other things we said on Sunday was that I I have such a low, um, such low respect for apologizing. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually changing. Yes. If the best apology we can give you is a change, mm-hmm. which ironically comes from letting Rainier be a little tyrant yeah. every once in a while and choose the green plate and choose a seat and... And yeah. show you guys that. And to let you live in that tension where you're like, he's being a little shit or a little brat. But to also let you know that that's okay and that that wasn't okay with you. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you guys are in our house to be able to witness that transformation. Mm-hmm. And I see you wrestling with that tension. But the other side is to be like, I'm, I hate little brats. I'm not going to raise a little brat. And then you leave basically taking the same lessons and disrespect of... Um, 
toddler uh, preferences that we taught you and had for you when, when you were that age. What else you got for me? Anything? Well, so we're 55 minutes in, mm -hmm. and we had this whole other topic oh. that we're not going to get to because we're out of time. But then I thought, maybe we could do this again. See you next time. <laughs> do you want to be... Do you want to be a guest and come back and we can talk about... Because that whole other thing... Yeah, yeah. With the... Well, the thing you said you were the most passionate about. Yeah. And we never even got to it. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. All right. Um, next week? Sure. <laughs> okay. Tune it. I'm, I'm trying to... On the other podcast, we're supposed to be sharing our um, current spiritual beliefs. And I'm trying to procrastinate by recording all these other things that I'd rather talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would procrastinate too. <laughs> yeah, so you can be a guest for as long as you want. <laughs> That'll keep me from having to record over there. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so next week, which I don't know what that is actually going to be in the real world. Oh. Um, but a, approximately a week from now, the next podcast that you'll hear is me talking to Dove and interviewing her about her observations with her peers and rules and what she saw from other parenting methods that give them a teaser, like give them just a line that, that will make them like tune in. I, it really pisses me off and it really makes no sense how some people do things. Some people do things. <laughs> I just, yeah, it make it really. If you think about it, it's so simple, but no one thinks or just. Yeah. All right, know. all right, we're getting you started. <laughs> um, okay, thank you for listening. What did you think about this podcast? Was it helpful? Was it interesting? Did you like having Dove as a special guest, or did you miss Cammy? Um, don't vote, but I you, you got to talk in the microphone. Um, you can leave a comment on YouTube. We love that. I'll put the links to the book and the DVD, which is also a book. Um, and we have a fight for together Facebook discussion group where we can have an ongoing discussion about this topic and others. I'll post that link in the show notes or the YouTube description, depending on where you're on. And of course you can find this podcast everywhere. Podcasts. We appreciate ratings on podcasts. Like if this was helpful or if you like this, um, you can go to iTunes and rate us. That's all I got for you. Thank you for listening. Oh, we have a outro. You want to push it? Where is it? It's this button, but you got to hold it all the way. Okay. Thank you for listening to fight for together. We'll see you next time.